Welcome back to A Degree in Sports, your home for college football and college basketball. My name's Cole, and I'm here alongside my great mate, Jeff Tate. And Jeff, I don't know about you, but yesterday was a great night of college basketball. I mean, there were a lot of good games. The obvious ones, of course, in the Champions Classic, but there were a lot of other really fun games to watch. And like we said earlier, this is the second best time of the year to watch college basketball. Oh, totally agree. And obviously... Uh, the one, that's the one thing I like about basketball so much more. Like, Michigan State's going to be really good. Like, they, they're just going to be really good. Um, they don't look really good right now. They show good flashes. Um, and then they show some inexperience out of some guys, which I'm not happy of because they shouldn't be showing experience. But the nice thing is losing last night to Duke, the season's not over. I mean, the season's even close. You can't even say that the season's over because – conference play hasn't even started and this team's going to be fine. And yeah, Cole, it was a great night. Um, I, it started off with me watching Wisconsin Providence. Uh, I wish I would have maybe tweeted a pick for that game. Uh, Providence should not have been an underdog at all. Uh, they do not lose at home. I think they put up a stat 46 and two in the last two years at home. Uh, there is probably not many teams in college basketball with that good of a home record. Uh, and then we went into the champions classic which were two good games. The Duke-Michigan State game for parts was uh, not a great game, I would say. But um, towards the end, I mean, State was within four with three minutes left. Kind of some victories from Duke. But then that Kentucky-Kansas game, I mean, was outstanding. I caught a little bit of Illinois-Marquette. Uh, Marquette looked a lot better based on kind of what I'd heard about them in the preseason. They looked really good. And Illinois does not have a point guard. And that's a killer right now. But, yeah, Cole, it's... College basketball uh, was awesome. Uh, we're going to get to that at the end of this podcast, but it's so nice having football during the week, even on the weekends as well, but during the week and then uh, football on the weekends. And then next week, I mean, next week we got the Maui Invitational. I don't know if you've seen the field out there, but uh, it is the probably the best tournament field I've ever seen. So very excited. Yeah, it's, it's such a fun time. I think uh, I'm going to make a petition that the day of the Champions Classic is a national holiday um, where you got the game and then the playoff uh, rankings come out in the middle and then the game. And it's just every year I feel like it delivers. Every year it's so much fun. It's that excitement of the beginning of college basketball with those big games mixed in with the coming to a close of college football. It's starting to get really real um, in, in the college football world right now. And I love just... It's the, the two different uh, types of anticipation. For us, the anticipation for football of it. Oh my gosh, we're getting to it. The game is in two weeks. Ohio State, Michigan coming up. Uh, who's going to be in the playoff? And at the same time, is what is my team this year? We're, we're starting. We finally get basketball again. What are the, It's two very different types of anticip- anticipation, but it's equal parts. So much fun. Um, yeah, I mean, Michigan State, there, there was a, a quick glimpse uh, when they started the second half. It was like, oh, they're going to they're gonna roll. Like They're, they're coming hot. Um, hit a few big shots, and then Duke kind of took control uh, after that. Um, and, and but but there was I was watching. I made a mistake, but it also wasn't a mistake. I was watching that Kentucky Kansas game, but man, was I watching Iowa Creighton. Those are some offenses. So that there was a lot of good ball last night. Yeah, the over was. Uh, I don't even. I didn't even see the final score on that one. I know who won, but I didn't. Uh, it was 162. I think was the over under, which is there's not much higher over-unders than that. So uh, if you took the over, did it hit Cole? 
I did not. Uh, the over would have hit. I did not take the over, but it definitely hit. This final score is 92-84, and, and it was just it was just so much fun. Honestly, these teams, they just score points. Iowa and Creighton just and, and, and Iowa, we know they don't typically play great defense, but they have shooters. They can always, they're never out of any game. There was a stretch of that game where they were down by 14 in the second half, and you're like, yeah, this is not even close to over. And just like they do, they come back and uh, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's their killer when it gets to the tournament time. They just can't play defense, and teams expose that. But during the regular season, that team can score, score, score. But, yeah, so speaking of the playoff ranking that happened middle of the Champions Classic, we have a new number one that I was not surprised about at all based on uh, just Georgia's dominant win last week. And now when you're starting to stack up some of their wins, I'm not surprised uh, that they're number one. And other than that, we really didn't have too much change, Cole. I mean, Missouri jumped up. Shout out to them. Number nine in the country. That's just cool for that program. Obviously, I've talked a lot about Missouri. But uh, other than that, really no takeaways for me, Cole. Uh, Most of it was status quo. I mean, you look at the rankings from three to eight, nothing changed at all. Uh, And this week, we're probably not going to see too much movement. The one that obviously is a big one is Washington goes on the road to play Oregon State, and that's a top 11 uh, teams in the playoffs. So there's people that think, well, if Washington wins that, do they jump Florida State? Probably make a legitimate case they would if they beat um, Oregon State on the road. But not too much change. we got a new number one. Uh, I think the committee always wanted Georgia to be number one because we know they're a little biased to the SEC, but I'm telling you as a fan of Ohio State that I think Georgia should be ahead of Ohio State. So that's my thoughts on the poll. Yeah, they're, they're definitely um, – I think the bias act for me seems like it's showing through uh, just even more. Ole Miss is – I think it was stupid that they were uh, in the top 10. I think they are one of the more fraud top 10 teams. Um, I, I think Missouri is, is a little bit high um, in the top 10. And – the other one here is, is is Tennessee being at 18. I think that is also way too high. But, I mean, we've seen this every year. Teams are a lot higher in the SEC just because they're SEC teams. There's that bias. And um, the one thing I'm worried about is, like, the scenario where Georgia, uh, Alabama beats Georgia, Michigan or Ohio State, the winner of that's in the playoff. Uh, Washington wins out and Flor- and let's say Florida State loses. And so it's between basically Texas and Alabama to get in. Texas wins the Big 12. I'm nervous that they're going to say we're putting te- we're going to put Bama in over Texas. Oh, they 100% I'm- will. <laughs> and and I think I think that would be uh, like I I if they didn't play each other and they were both one-loss teams, I would say yeah. Like of course, put Alabama in. But the fact that they played the game, what would be the point ever again of scheduling a, a tough non-conference appointment, if the, uh, um, a tough non-conference game, if you're not going to use that? And I'm just, I'm just nervous that they're gonna, that if that scenario were to happen, that they are going to put Alabama in over Texas, even though Texas quite literally proved that they're the better team by beating them. Obviously, things change as the season goes on, but. I think you still have to go when it's down to those two teams. You have to go with the team that won. Agreed, but Alabama would have beat the number one team in the country, and that would. Pro- I think that's a fair re- way to trump that. 
Now I that's well, just, how do you know, how do you know that Texas want to beat the number one team in the country because they beat Alabama? I mean, true, but they did. I just think what it's, I think the head to head has to matter more. Well, they would take two things into account. They would take the best win of the team, I think, and the best win would be Alabama, and then they would take probably factor in who's the worst loss, and Texas would definitely have the worst loss to Oklahoma. So it's hard. I agree. They have, Cole. You have you have to factor in head to head too. Agreed, but they also do how teams are playing and how teams are trending. And if you go by that, I agree. It's their fair points. I, I officially have said that Ohio State, Michigan's loser will not be in. There's no chance that they're going to get in um, unless yeah. just there pure needs to be a lot of happens. Yeah, I mean, you need you need like Washington to lose this week, Oregon to lose next week, and then the winner get in and it be Oregon with two losses. And then you need like, you need whoever plays Texas in the Big 12 championship to win. You just you need a lot of things. You need Louisville to beat Florida State. Like It's just a lot of crazy things that need to happen. But uh, let's do our top 10 real quick, Cole. I have no changes um, in my top six. Uh, I'll just tell everybody that. I do have two new teams. Welcome to the uh, Jeff Tate top 10. Missouri, number 10, and Louisville, number 9. I, I gave Louisville the nod over Missouri purely due to Louisville has one loss and Missouri has two losses. Now, I would argue Missouri's two losses are obviously way better than Louisville's one loss to Pitt, um, but I'm just playing a numbers game there. And then I have Alabama, or I have Texas 8, Alabama 7. I flipped them, um, kind of just what I talked about. I just think Alabama's playing a lot better. But it, if you tell me the other way, it's fully – that's a fair point, and I will respect that. And then my top six stays the same. Oregon, six. Washington, five. Florida State, four. Michigan, three. Ohio State, two. And Georgia, one. So that's my top ten call. Don't spend too much on it, but what do you got? Yeah, I I, I changed um, a few things up. So uh, I moved Georgia. Michigan's still my number one team. I moved Georgia ahead of Ohio State. So they just flip-flopped. Georgia's two. Ohio State's three now. Um, I moved Washington up to number four. Oregon up to number five and Florida State down to six. I think these both Washington really proved it against Utah. Oregon continues like USC. It was closer than it like the score looked closer than it actually was for Oregon last week. You never felt like they were going to lose. Uh, I think they're just playing better football right now than Florida State. Um, and then Texas seven, Bama eight. Um, and then my my last my last two. I was having a hard time deciding. I kept nine the same actually. Um, I kept Penn State at nine um, because no offense has played well this year against Michigan or Ohio State. Yes, Penn State does not have a great offense, like for sure. But that defense could be the best defense in the country, or at least up there. That is an unreal defense, and I think they beat a lot of these teams. Uh, they beat most teams in the country just having a defense of that caliber. Um, so I'm keeping Penn State at nine. Um, I think the offense is kind of what moves the number for a lot of people. And they say, oh, bad offense, bad team. And that's just not the case with Penn State. They just ran into two teams that were just a bad matchup for them, a really bad matchup. Um, and then my number 10 team, um, I was trying to decide between Missouri and Oregon State. Uh, and I settled on Missouri, but it was, it was tough. It was close. So Missouri is my 10, and then Oregon State's knocking on the door. Okay, I like that. I, I respect keeping Penn State in there. Obviously, we both like it because uh, that's our team's biggest win. So, yeah, I'll take it. So, Cole, let's let's hit some games real quick. Uh, I'll say from – this is kind of like a 
it's kind of like a quiet week, I would say, in college football. There, there are some really big games, and we're going to get to them. But it's kind of like that quiet week before the storm. And that storm next week, obviously, you have Ohio State and Michigan, which we will be talking about plenty. But you have other extremely good games. Like you have Oregon-Oregon State, which is a huge rivalry game. You have some, and especially with that one, last rivalry for now, um, because they're going to different conferences. And then you have Washington, Washington State, same thing. Now, Washington State, we know, has trailed off. Um, you go Auburn, Alabama. You just go down the list. There's so many good games. But this week, I think we have a lot of uh, teams that can lock up their uh, place in conference championship games. And the first one I want to start with, Louisville goes on the road, starts our day off at noon at Miami. Currently, uh, this is a pick em. Now, that's what ESPN says. FanDuel, I think, has it at one and a half. Louisville favored. Um, Tyler Van Dyke's going to be the starter for Miami. He got benched last week to Emory Williams for uh, Miami. He, I think he's out for the year. Obviously, there's only a few more weeks left, but he got hurt his arm. Um, I really would like Miami a lot if he was playing. He looked composed. He moved the, he moved the ball. He didn't turn it over. That's Tyler Van Dyke's problem. This guy throws interception after interception. And he has 12 on the season. Um, he came in the game against Florida State and threw a pick on the first drive he had. Now, that drive was he had to throw it. They had to move the ball. But still, his decision-making is very poor. And this is the game that Louisville uh, has to win just to obviously wrap it up, get into the ACC championship game. And it's a game that you you want to prove to people that you can be a good team. Like Miami's not great, but Miami's a good football team. And if you can win this game, it at least maybe gives you a little bit more respect because I don't think there's a ton of respect for Louisville, but I think it's kind of fair based on the schedule they've played. So Cole, this game, Louisville can wrap it up. Uh, just want to shout out the horrible uh, support of Miami football. I'm looking, and ESPN has ticket prices. $7 gets you into that game. So uh, I don't think Miami fans are f- excited for this game. Yeah, they they always, always struggle to fill that stadium. It is – I mean, I just don't understand why they are still playing in that stadium. Like, bring it back to campus. Find a way to get the game on campus and – You'll get the students, you'll get the, like, everything will just be better. It'll be a more full stadium. There'll be more excitement around that program from outside of the football team. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just tragic because this is a historic program that should be able to week in and week out, no matter how good they are, bring in a lot of fans uh, and bring in a great atmosphere and they just don't. And a lot, large part of that is because they're playing um, at the Dolphins stadium. So, yeah, I think this game to me. I'm kind of just, it's kind of screaming under to me. Um, not one of my A-plus picks, but I think I will be taking it. I don't know exactly what the over-under is right now. Um, but I, I feel like Miami's going to have the athlete advantage um, and the size advantage to kind of, I think, slow down Louisville and bottleneck them up a little bit. But I... And, I don't know if Miami has the offense to also go out and score. Um, I think just based on the pure athleticism and athlete Miami will have over Louisville, it'll be a low-scoring game. Louisville isn't going to be super comfortable. I think Louisville will probably win this game, but I don't think it's an easy win at all for them. Um, and Miami needs a bigger win. Um, they really do. Mario Cristobal needs more of a staple win for this season. And, yeah, I think... I think it's going to be under. I think it's going to come down to a final possession in the fourth quarter, but um, I think it's going to be an ugly one. 
Yeah, and this is one that I need Miami to win. If they win this one, it all comes down uh, to their last game of the year. And for my over-under possibility that I'm not feeling great about, but who knows. So, Cole, let's go to the Pac-12. And I'm a little mad at this game um, because it's on Pac-12 Network. And I just – this should be a game that everybody can watch. Um, that's just my opinion. I'm glad the Pac-12 Network is dying um, with the death of the Pac-12 because – Games like this should be on TV for everybody to watch. Like, this should be the Fox game. Um, Arizona-Utah, I think this game was probably predetermined, if I had to guess, uh, early in the year. And people were like, ah, we don't want to watch Arizona. But they're wrong because I want to watch Arizona, and I haven't really got to watch them because they haven't been on national TV often. But Utah goes on the road, one-point underdog at Arizona. This Arizona team is clicking on all cylinders. But this Utah team has shown a lot the last, I would say, two weeks. Um, Bryson Barnes kind of seems to be, he's settled down. uh, And you can totally see the difference in him from early in the year. And I think a lot of it helps that they know that Cam Rising was done. um, And that's not that that's like a he's looking over your shoulder. But, you know, Cam Rising is like one of the best quarterbacks to ever play in Utah football history. And he's like, oh, he's coming back, he's coming back, he's coming back. Well, no one knew if he was coming back. And then Nate Johnson, the really good young quarterback, who's a really good dual-threat quarterback, uh, they just really they decided that it wasn't his job. So I think you've seen a lot from Utah, and I think you've seen a lot of improvement. And you take away that first half against Utah last week, or against Washington last week, that defense is still really good. Um, and... Uh, I think this is going to be an awesome game. I just wish I could watch it because I don't have any access to Pac-12 Network. Yeah, the beautiful thing about living out here is my cable network uh, provider that I have, we have the Pac-12 Network um, just because that's what people want out here. However, we don't have the Big Ten Network, but luckily, you know, I have all the connections I need, you know, back home still and all the, the, the different ways to watch it. But um so it's nice to be able to get to watch those Pac-12 games and have to worry about that like I have had to in the past, um, like you're experiencing right now. And it is a, a horrible network and that just really has handicapped the conference as far as people beginning to watch their games and just another reason that this conference has failed. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't think the spread's big enough, personally. I, I think Arizona, um, this is just a respect to Utah spread. But if you actually watch the games and have seen what Arizona's been able to do this year, um, I don't think this is a great matchup for Utah. I think the defense will really uh, – Arizona's defense has been flying around. Their offense has not been bad at all. I think uh, Arizona can really slow down Utah um, pretty easily. They're not uh, an amazing offense by any means. Um, and I think Arizona will just play the game. They have a very, very sneaky, really good home crowd. Those fans love their Wildcat football. It is, it's actually quite crazy and, and quite impressive um, for a Pac-12, small Pac-12 school that not a lot of people know about um, as far as to that level. Um, and they, they love their ball, and it's a rowdy atmosphere. It gets loud. Um, and I, I think that just Arizona just has what Utah doesn't, and I think it's a bad matchup for Utah. All right, are we a little sneak peek to maybe in a few minutes with our A-plus picks? No, I like that. And a game that is also uh, – I don't think this spread is high enough, in my opinion. Georgia goes on the road, plays Tennessee. They're a 10-point favorite at Tennessee. And I I really don't know what anybody has seen in Tennessee recently to tell me that they are 
less than a two touchdown uh, underdog at home to Georgia. Um, I just don't have any confidence in Joe Milton in a game like this. And I have a lot of confidence in Georgia being able to stop the run. Um, and if you stop the run for Tennessee, the game is over. Like they can, they are not capable of doing anything if they can't run the football. And I am, uh, I'm not going to pick this for the A plus picks of the week just because I just sneak, deep down I kind of want Georgia to lose. Um, so I don't want to pick it. But if I'm advising people, uh, Georgia's going to Georgia's should cover this number. Um, Carson Beck looks really good. He's being put in a good system to look very good, but he is. He has grown a lot, and they have a good quarterback, and they have a lot of weapons, and obviously Brock Bowers is back. So not much faith in uh, Joe Milton this week, and I just don't have much faith in Tennessee. Now, the one thing I have faith in is that fan base because they will provide a raucous environment for their home team Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I think this spread is solely because of what Rocky Top can bring. Um they have an elite home atmosphere. We saw it last year against Alabama. Uh, they're going to show up. They're going to show up and then some. Um, and that's that's a tough test for any team. I think in the last, I don't know, I remember last year, there was, let's say, eight losses between the top 10 teams or, or seven losses between the top 10 teams at this point in the year. And six out of seven of those losses were on the road and so it's if you're going to lose a game it's going to be on the road if you're going to drop one and you're a top 10 team it's probably going to be on the road like a lot of things have to go right um so that's the only hope that you have i guess as as tennessee and um i don't carson beck still hasn't you know i mean i think he's fully proven himself but i mean this is a tough environment it's one that he probably he won't have played in an environment this loud and this rowdy before so that's the only thing that you're like Oh, maybe that will do something to him. I don't think, like, I think he's fine. He's proven himself. He's good. Um, he's been playing uh, some of the best football in the country over the past few weeks. But, um, yeah, I, it's, I think you're right. I think the spread is, is oddly low, which to me it's like, what does Vegas know that we don't is kind of what I'm thinking. Or, or maybe, maybe it is just free money. Um, but, I'm like I said, I, I'm rooting for Georgia Lewis. I don't really want to bet on it. Um, but yeah, I think I think that that the reason it's so low is just having to go to that really tough environment. Yeah, and for some reason Vegas likes Tennessee because they favored Tennessee on the road against Missouri, and we saw how that ended. And it was if you bet on Tennessee, you were you're probably not betting Tennessee this week. You're probably gonna bet Georgia because that number was really low. So going to the Big Twelve, Cole, we have a top twenty-five game. We have a huge in-state rival that this game has actually become kind of important and relevant um, the last few years. And this year it's it's a big game for Kansas State because if they want any chance to still be in the race come the last week, they got to win this game. And they're an eight-point favorite on the road at Kansas. Now, the last time we saw a team be a relatively high favorite going into Kansas, they lost, and that was Oklahoma. Um, I think the reason this line's so high is Jason Bean we just don't know his status. Uh, he took a big shot in their last game against Texas Tech, and we don't know if he's playing, um, and that's totally baked into that number. But this is a game I'm going to stay away from. just going to give everybody a fair warning on that. I don't know what's going to happen in this game. I don't know if Kansas State's going to blow them out or if it's going to be a close game and Kansas wins or Kansas State wins a close game. Uh, I think it's going to be a really fun game to watch. This has always uh, recently been a fun game to watch. And you look at these teams, and Kansas State has been pretty hot. Obviously, they lost to uh, 
Texas two weeks ago. But other than that, this team's rolling and have kind of picked up where they left off last year. So uh, I don't have a pick on this game. If I had to lean to a side, I would say Kansas State. But I'm hoping for a really good game in Lawrence, Kansas, Saturday night, Cole. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out Kansas State. Um, they, they've lost. All three of their losses are against the top 25 teams. They're 0-3 against top 25 teams. Um, Kansas is currently ranked number 25. So there, there's that. I do think it's tough when you're on your third quarterback in Kansas, um, potentially. Uh, this is another one that I think I'm absolutely going to stay away from. However, if, if I decide I want to pick it, I'm waiting till game time till I for sure know the status of Bean. Um, cause he is a difference picker. He is not a bad quarterback at all. He's played really well this year, especially for a backup quarterback. And, and, but you, you gotta trust Lance Leipold, but you know, both, both two really good coaching staffs going against each other. Um, and Kansas, Kansas state, it's going to be, be a fun one for the battle battle of Kansas. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay away from it, but definitely going to, going to tune in. Cause it's, it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a fun one. And we really don't know who's going to be the team that, most likely plays Texas and Kansas State. I think they're out of the five and two teams. I think they have one of the worst shots, just based to, or just based in fact of all the tiebreakers that you go down the list for. But who knows? And that would be a perfect way uh, to kind of cement their chance to get in there with a win against your rival. But the last game I want to talk about is definitely the headliner of the week, and then we're going to get into. Uh, uh, the Ohio, Michigan State, Michigan games uh, for you guys, local fans. Uh, Washington goes on the road, two and a half point underdog at Oregon State. Oregon State's a hard place to go win at. Um, they've always, especially since they've under Jonathan Smith and kind of the identity they've been building the last few years, it's a hard place to go play at. Um, every time I think I'm gonna, Washington's gonna fall, they don't. And that speaks to a resiliency in that coaching staff. Uh, and obviously their leader, Michael Penix, they have some outstanding players on that offense that have just really just really helped everything gel. Uh, there's a lot of talk around Kalen DeBoer. Uh, that Texas A&M job opened up, and he is a candidate that a lot of people are wanting. Um, so there's a lot of outside noise at Washington. I don't think he, he hasn't screamed to me to be the type that leaves that. And Washington can pay a lot of money, and with them going to the Big Ten, I don't see that. And these guys are going to be focused. This is going to be a great game. Can DJ Ugalele do enough to beat an elite offense? Because it's going to have to be a semi-shootout. Um, I don't see it being the over-under 63.5. Oregon State doesn't really – I mean, last week they scored a lot. But other than that, they don't really score a ton. So can their defense slow down this elite Washington offense? That's that's going to be it. If they can slow them down, they have a great chance to win the game. If they have to do a shootout in any fashion, they are not going to win this game. So it's going to come down to that defensive game plan and how they can slow down Penix, Adunze, uh, Polk, all these guys that Washington has called. Yeah, I think, look, this is the first time that Washington, I think, uh, has not been favored this year. Uh, first time that they're a dog. Um, and that's all due uh, to that home uh, environment, how great Oregon State is at home. I, I really, there's a storm brewing in the Pac-12, uh, and that storm is coming from Corvallis because it's, it's Washington this week, and then it's Oregon next week. The, they have a chance to really cement the, see you later, you left me, 
you're dead. Like, they have a chance to really just dig the knife in them and ruin their season. Um, both of them, both of their seasons. Um, and that, that the first op- opportunity for that is Washington. I mean, this is going to be a very personal game for them. Both these games will be personal for them. And I think they're going to come into it with a fire. Uh, they are going to do it with everything to play. I know that they want to be the last Pac-12 champion, especially since they are the ones uh, who did not leave the Pac-12. And look, they're They've been Oregon State has been playing really, really good ball lately. I mean, DJ, uh, he's at 2,300 pass yards and uh, 20 touchdowns, and his past few games have been very, very good. He's looked, he's looked great, way better than he looked at Clemson. Um, they have a, they have a thousand yard back um, with seven touchdowns. Damian Martinez, like that, that, it is a balanced offense. It is a good offense, and we know Washington has a lot to be desired on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I, I just don't. It's going to be a tough matchup for Washington. This is a game where I do think that I think Oregon State's pretty good. I think they they will be able to get a few stops. Which is when you play Washington with their defense and their and Washington's offense, a few stops is so important um, because you got to hope your offense is also going out there uh, and scoring every drive to keep up with Washington. So look, I think it's going to be a fun game. I think there's going to be a lot of points, um, and I I do think Oregon State is the toughest matchup for them thus far, given that it's on the road, I think. Um, and, and Vegas obviously agrees seeing that uh, Oregon state is favored. Um, this is going to be a great game. And there is a lot on the, on the line. Like this is the time to put up or shut up uh, for Washington uh, and Oregon state, but especially for Washington, they're, they're undefeated. They have everything in front of them. Um, and this is just going to be a pesky Oregon state team that really has the only thing they really have to play for, obviously the Pac-12 championship, but they're not playing for a playoff berth. They're playing to keep you out of it and to win their Pac-12 title. And they have everything on the line as well. And this is going to be a very high stakes game late in the season. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. If Oregon State wins out, they're not actually guaranteed a spot in the uh, in the Pac-12 championship, which is nuts. Uh, Arizona, they, they have the tiebreaker over Oregon State. And that'd be crazy if one of those teams get in. Yeah, this is going to be a great game, Cole. May or may not have a pick for it in a few minutes. But these are kind of our premier matchups of the week. Uh, I want to get into really quick talking about Cole and I's teams. Michigan State goes on the road, four-and-a-half-point underdog. It's the battle of the two worst teams in the Big Ten East, Michigan State, Indiana. Um, This is a Michigan State team that I think can win a game like this. It'd be cool for them to win a road game. Uh, I don't know exactly like I won't bet this game I'm not going to do anything like that uh, if you have ten dollars then you're in Bloomington you can go to the game uh, that's according to vivid seats if you want to go watch some uh, pretty bad football um, other than that that's all I got Michigan State's wrapping up the season and we are fully in the uh, head coaching search uh, moving to Ohio State uh, Ohio State Michigan obviously all they want is to be healthy um, get through this game full health I I obviously say these things, but like I truly don't see a scenario where Michigan and Ohio State lose this week. Um, I don't think these teams can. I, I don't think they're capable of overlooking uh, the teams they're playing because th- these teams want to be eleven and zero. They want to hand the other team the first loss of the year, and I think they're inspired to be eleven and zero, and they should be. I mean, Ohio State's a twenty-seven and a half point favorite at home against Minnesota. Michigan's a 19.5 point favorite on the road against a team that has not looked like Maryland has looked early in the year. Um, so Ohio State, uh, it's the Mar- Marvin uh, Harrison campaign for Heisman continues. 
Um, and I just want to make sure everybody's healthy. Cole, I'm sure that's the exact same thing you're going to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you remember last year, Blake Corum got hurt against Illinois. That was a game that we were in. And they almost lost. Yeah, it was a great game. Yeah, it was a close game, which is like we need to do everything we can to start hot against Maryland. And you feel the same way I'm sure I got against Minnesota. Like get that early lead so you can take your guys out. So you have no worry of anything. And Illinois had a great game plan. I think it was definitely a look-ahead game because, like, in hindsight, like, we still went in and kicked the crap out of Ohio State. So, like, it wasn't really indicative of their team. It was just clearly a look-ahead game um, without Blake Corum. And, um, yeah, it was – yeah, I mean, it sucked seeing him get hurt, make it all the way through the season, having uh, a really, really good year. And, and if, if he goes in uh, to Ohio State and has that, that game – that Donovan Edwards had last year. Uh, he's for sure in New York. I'm not going to say he wins. I think there's a good chance he's up there for sure. Um, but he, Blake Corum would have made it to New York at least over Stetson Bennett if he had a, an amazing game against Ohio State with all eyes on him. Um, so that was just a, a shame. And that's a big reason why he's back this year was because he didn't get to complete the goal to finish finish the task at hand. Um, so yeah, all that to say, you're absolutely right. Let's stay healthy obviously let's win this game like that's first and foremost win the game then stay healthy um because we're just i mean I, I don't know how you feel jeff but right now this is just almost like a scrimmage like we're just getting ready for the game yeah like, we're mean, just like let's just let's just get ready for the game oh you're totally right this is like this is like a charity exhibition for basketball it's like just just play the first half get up by three or four scores and then just be like you know what like Lincoln Keenholz, who's your backup? Jack Tuttle, get it, get him in the game. Like we want none of the, especially quarterback. You don't want any of those guys in there. Um, and then obviously the skill positions, get those guys out of there. And I, I think they're, I don't see them, either team having any problems. That's just my take. So a plus picks of the week, Cole. And then we're gonna we're gonna finish the episode uh, talking a little college hoops from these first few days of the week. Um, you sit at 24, 27 and one, uh, you're running out of weeks to get that record above 500, but I, I've liked your picks of late. And I think, I think you got a big week in you. I'm 30, 22 and one. So I've had a pretty good stretch. I've kind of, that's been the last few weeks. So, um, I'm glad I've kind of turned it up as of late, but Cole, who are you starting off with? All right. My first pick is UTSA minus 16 and a half. Uh, against USF. I just think that this is a team that people kind of forgot about because they started slow. Still a very good football team. Uh, very good head coach on the short list uh, for Texas A&M and a lot of open position, open jobs. People are going to try uh, and go out and get him. And I just think this is a team that's going to continue to to roll with the momentum and, and just run through uh, – USF on uh, I think it's a Friday night. You're yeah. going to see a lot of picks from me this week involving the Big Ten. Uh, I've been picking very well when I stay in that Big Ten and especially the Big Ten West. I feel like I, for people that don't have a read on the Big Ten West, I feel like I've been able to hey, make some good picks in a crazy Big Ten West. And we're going to start off there and we're going to take Northwestern plus three at home against Purdue. Huge news in Northwestern. Uh, they are keeping David Braun uh, he's the permanent head coach going forward, and I think it's totally deserving. He has gotten this team to 5-5, five and five, and for any of the, you that thought that this team would have a chance to make a bowl game with everything that happened right before the year with Pat Fitzgerald, you'd be crazy. So give me Purdue plus three in an emotional spot at home to go bowling 
against the Boilermakers. Northwestern plus three. I like that pick. You are, uh, I'm Pac-12 Cole. You're Big Ten West, Jeff. Uh, and that's that's a, a beautiful thing, Jeff. Big Ten West. Um, Big Ten West. And, and hey, both both in the final final years of our respective conference and division. Um, so yeah, you you've hit it. You've done really well with the Big Ten this year. My next pick is Pac-12 Cole. Mentioned it earlier. Uh, I actually got this earlier today at Arizona plus one and a half. Like this was probably an hour before we recorded. Um, but I will take the updated spread. Is it what Arizona minus one now? That's minus is that one. What it's yeah. at? So, so I'll, I'll stay with. I'll, I'll stick to my guns. I was lucky. I got them at plus one and a half. But um, put me down for Arizona minus one. Um, like I, you saw, you heard what I said earlier. Um, bad matchup. They're gonna win this game. Staying in the Big Ten West. Iowa, Illinois, under 30 and a half points. Iowa hasn't, in a game, the total hasn't reached 30 points in the last, like, four weeks, I think. Um, and I just don't see it happening. And you take Iowa's best punt returner. He's out for this game. And he's the two that puts them in good field position. So, uh, I know Illinois put up a lot of yards last week. John Paddock, 500 yards. I actually think it hurts Illinois that Luke Altmeyer is coming back as the starting quarterback this week for them. So give me Iowa, Illinois, under 30 and a half. I wanted to take Iowa in the points, but it got up to three and a half, and Iowa is not capable of beating Illinois by a touchdown. So that's my uh, second pick, and we're staying in the Big Ten wide. My next pick is Texas State. Minus three and a half at Arkansas State. Uh, Texas State has been pretty sneaky good this year. Um, and and this number is right now teetering around minus three and a half and four. My guess is it'll go to four by game time at least. Um, and yeah, I, I just think Texas State's a really good team. I think Arkansas State is a bit of a uh, a bit of a fraud team, especially considering all the resources that that program has. Um, and yeah, I think Arkansas State uh, is going to lose this game and come around by the end of the year their head coach will be fired i'm gonna switch it up get out of the big 10 we're gonna come back but i had to i had to switch it up so you guys didn't just think they were all big 10 picks so i'm gonna go to the big 12 and i'm gonna take texas tech minus two and a half at home against ucf ucf obviously coming off a massive dominant win at home against oklahoma state but texas tech's also coming off two back-to-back wins um TCU two weeks ago and then at Kansas last week, which I think is a hard place to go win at. Um, I think you see this team win their sixth game, go to a bowl and save a kind of down season for that program. We I know Cole and I had lots of hopes for them, but uh, they're going to go bowling. They're going to win Texas Tech minus two and a half. I, you might leave the big time, but I'm going to head there right now. Uh, I, I haven't done this for a long time. I went one and, I'm one and one so far. On the year, Minnesota plus twenty-seven and a half. They they haven't. They're they're a sneaky team that can be good sometimes, and I think it's just a weird. They're playing Ohio State for those of you who don't know. Um, I think in, in Ohio State's at, at home, uh, senior night, last home game of the year. Um, I just think it's a a look ahead spot more so for Ohio State. Um, because I think Minnesota's kind of kind of sneaky good, sneaky there. I don't think it will be necessarily close. I just think 27 and a half points is a lot for a game in which the next week you are playing in the biggest game in the regular season in the country. And, and so, yeah, I just I just think it's just a look ahead game. And yeah, that's 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 all I have to say. Let's see if I can do. I finish the year 
uh, one and two betting against Ohio State or two and one. So we'll, well see. Well, you're going to totally take Michigan next week. So you, you might have another pick. You never know. We're both going to do it. That spread, uh, I checked today. Uh, I'll just double check real quick. Yeah, it, the spread is Michigan minus five and a half right now. So it's gone down. The we'll money's see. coming in on the Buckeyes. Yeah, we'll see. So, <laughs> okay, I do want to tell you, I'm not going to criticize that pick because I, I'm not criticizing your picks. But this team <laughs> gave up 49 points to Purdue last week. So, I, I, I do. I will say that's a fair point about Ohio State looking ahead. I know I just said that they wouldn't. And looking ahead isn't losing the game, and you know that. It's just keeping it closer than it should be. And it's a fair thing. I hope you're wrong because I want Ohio State to obviously cover it. But they gave up almost 50 to Purdue, so who knows? It'll be interesting. But my fourth pick, back to the Big Ten and back to the Big Ten West, Nebraska-Wisconsin under 36.5 points. Just take unders in that side of the conference. Uh, It's just they're going to hit, and both of these offenses suck. And I am pretty confident in 36 and a half. So that's my fourth pick. This is so poetic. As I head to the Pac-12 and not do an under, I take an over. Washington, Oregon, over 63 and a half points. Uh, that's why I... How much? 63 and a half points. That was what I got it at earlier today. I can double check the spread right now. No, you're good. I just had to write it down. It is 63 and a half points. All right. Well, I, I'm going to stay at that game too, Cole. And I'm going to take the what big upset. Well, not the big upset. Beavers. The Beavers are winning. Oregon State minus two and a half. Uh, I want this game. No, no offense to uh, your roommate Wilson, who I know I'm going to be meeting in a few months. Um, but no, they're losing. Uh, they're going to uh, Oregon State's going to play great defense, and they're going to win that game, and they're going to be that chaos in the Pac-12. Storm's coming, storm is coming, and I, I really think, man, that would be that would be so fitting for the Pac-12, as what they're known for is cannibalizing each other and beating each other up and shooting themselves in the foot um, to not get a playoff team year in and year out. Um, trust me, I've lived with someone who constantly feels that pain and is always like, this isn't going to work. We're just going to, we're just going to beat each other. We're just going to beat each other. They, that's, that's what they all believe because it's happened so many times and how fitting would it be in the last year of the PAC 12 and the year that they are feeling the most confident in finally getting back in the playoff they just Oregon State, the one team that remained, comes through and just wrecks everybody's hope in a playoff team for the Pac-12, and that would be beautiful. What a story that would be! It would be awesome, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna be hoping for it. Oregon State minus two and a half. So Cole, watching college basketball yesterday, and we're recording this Wednesday, November fifteenth. If you had to say your one biggest takeaway from the night, what would it be? I have one as well. But what would your number one thing be? I, I want to go. I have two, and they're both in the same game. Um, Kansas was a very good fit for Hunter Dickinson, um, and Michigan was not. Um, for the sole purpose of Hunter Dickinson needs guys around him that are just as good or better than him. He needs to be surrounded by athletes to where he can't necessarily get doubled he doesn't inflate his ego that he's the big dog and he's the best and like the best like he is he is in a place where he is 
leveled and good, and he is elevated. Uh, Kansas definitely elevates Hunter Dickinson, and I think he's in a good place. I personally didn't love him at Michigan, um, and there were a lot of things that he would do at Michigan that I didn't enjoy, and it just it wasn't fun to, to watch him play or root for him, and I think it was a detriment to the team. But I do think this is a really good situation for him at Kansas, and I think Kansas is, with having Hunter Dickinson, is very, very lethal offensively. Um, and they are, they're going to be poised for a deep run due to their experience in, at guard play and their go-to uh, easy, close-to-the-rim uh, score in Hunter Dickinson. So, yeah, I'm going to stay in the same game, and I agree. I think that's one of the most uh, mutual uh, partings that there has ever been in college basketball because both teams are clearly better. Like, we're, we won't talk too much about Michigan, but Michigan's a very good basketball team. And it's because Hunter Dickinson is not there and they can play free. They have good chemistry. You see Doug McDaniel taking off because it doesn't every time Hunter's just standing on the post, left hand in the air, wanting the ball. Well, Doug McDaniel can actually do his thing and he's or Jet. Yeah, or Jet just passing to the wing and jacking up a three or an ISO play. Um, the only person I would say Michigan fans are glad, were bummed they lost is Kobe Bufkin because he was actually like yes. a system player that was good. So my takeaway, Cole. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. My takeaway is that it, Kentucky is a legitimate national championship contender um, that I don't think people truly thought. Um, and that's the reason I can say that is for 30 minutes of this game, at least they were the better team. Um, and they were playing. They were playing so hard. For those of you that don't know, they are missing three guys currently. Uh, one five-star, Aaron Bradshaw. He's a t- he's a top ten kid coming out. Uh, he's seven two. He's a huge kid. Um, and then they're missing two other guys. One's a uh, foreign player who has not been ruled eligible yet. And then the Bradshaw kid and another kid are hurt. Um, but this team can shoot the blood out of it. I mean, Austin Reeves. Uh, or no, not he, Austin Reeves is a NBA player. Antonio Reeves, uh, the shooting guard for Kentucky. I mean, he is he's a big time player. Um, you look at him. You look at Rob Dillingham. You look at you've not seen the best out of two players on their team that didn't play great last night. DJ Wagner is going to be a top ten pick in the draft. Um, he struggled last night, and the guy that really struggled that has. I mean, he's. I think I've saw he's mock drafted as a top two pick is Justin Edwards. Um, he had a tough night last night, but this team, this team can score. They are, they're going to learn how to play defense. Their defense wasn't great in this game, but uh, they had a really hard time guarding Dickinson because of the lack of size and length. And they only played eight guys. And that was why I think they ran out of gas to be quite honest. Trey Mitchell, uh, the transfer Big for them. He's been at four schools now. Uh, he's been all over the place. He's been at UMass. He's been at Texas. Um, and he's been at West Virginia. And now he's at Kentucky. He did an outstanding job guarding Hunter Dickinson. And you would, I'm saying that, and you're like, well, Hunter Dickinson had 27 points. Well, he made Hunter Dickinson make a lot of, uh, he's made it hard on Hunter Dickinson. Dickinson's good. He's going to score. He's going to get rebounds. Um, so that's my big takeaway about Kentucky. I do want to mention Michigan State because there's a lot of fans on here that I know that look like the Spartans. Um, they're going to be okay. They're they're not a top five team, uh, and I was wrong on that. Uh, it's it's very typical for Tom Izzo's hyped teams to not start the year well. Uh, that's I mean you can go and just historically look at that and find the correlation with preseason hype and Michigan State. Don't usually go hand in hand. 
Uh, this It boils down to two things. Um, A.J. Hogard is an elite basketball player, and he is playing uh, like a Mac point guard right now. Um, he is just not doing what he can do. And I'm, I like what he said after the game. There's Izzo said in his press conference, uh, I suck right now, coach, and you should bench me because I don't know what I'm doing. I'm killing the team. I'm going to be better. So that's, that's important that he owns up to that. AJ Hogard is a very polarizing player. Um, his body language can be pretty poor sometimes and him and Izzo go at it. But this is a team that once A.J. Hogard gets going, they, everything is going to be fine. They And they got to make shots. They're missing shots. Um, that is not going to continue. They made, I think, seven last night, so that's a tick up. But they missed some really good looks. And the freshmen, all these fans, call. you get so annoyed with it, um, especially if you just ever go on Twitter after games like, oh, Xavier Booker should play 30 minutes for Michigan State. If Xavier Booker plays 30 minutes at the five for Michigan State, there's going to be a lot of things that happen that are awesome. There is. There's going to be a lot of things that happen that are just mind-boggling. And Sissoko's struggling right now. He's really struggling. And I think I would not be to- totally surprised if Carson Cooper starts for them Friday night. We get Butler at home in the Gavit games, um, and that's a big bounce-back spot. Butler's nothing great, but Pierre Brooks, Michigan State transfer, rolls into town. He transferred to Butler, um, and he's playing good. So, don't don't give up Michigan State on this team. I I really hate fake fans that have already given up on this team because that's just ludicrous in my opinion. Uh, it's it makes no sense. But they got Tyson Walker, who is one of the best scorers in college basketball, and just don't worry about this team. And I I know it's hard because Michigan looks a lot better. And hey, just chalk it up to the, those two games that we play against each other are going to be great basketball games. And a lot of people four weeks ago thought they'd be blowouts both games. So I'm all for good basketball and Michigan's good. So it'll be, they got a good battle for Atlantis next week. Good field there. So uh, yeah, you got to be happy as a Michigan fan right now. Yeah. I'm very happy. It's so crazy how last year's team was maybe my least favorite that I can remember in my lifetime to watch. Uh, And this year has just been so fun to watch. Doug McDaniel has really taken the next step. Um, They, they just obliterated, uh, St. John's. There were some points where they were up by 30 um, in that second half, and it was it was never close. Uh, the shooting, um, quite opposite of, of Michigan State, has been very, very good. Um, but Doug is just controlling. Uh, Kamwa has just been a very good, versatile player. The fact, like he he can take a deep shot. Like he, they have to respect it at least. He can carry the ball up the floor if he has to. Uh, just at times, so so he can he can run out on fast breaks. He is comfortable with the ball in his hands outside of the paint, um, and that's very important, especially just for the different things that our offense can do. Terrace Reed has also continued to just be a very very good defender and a good pick and roll threat on offense. Um, and, and yeah, uh, Namari Burnett, uh, he had a great game. He had he had twenty something points, and like everything is just clicking for them right now. Um, and it's just. They're very cohesive. When you watch the offense, it, it flows all together. Terrence Williams is shooting very, very well. Uh, it, it's, it's a very fun group to watch right now. Um, and, yeah, I'm excited to see them uh, in the Battle for Atlantis as, as they play uh, even more competition, as they get more different looks um, because we can learn more about them. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very pleased, and it's, it's, it's fun to watch Michigan basketball again because last year it was infuriating to watch. It was just not good basketball. Uh, the offense was – just disgusting to watch and I didn't enjoy it one bit, honestly. Um, 
Yeah, with Michigan State, I think that they're they're there's no reason to panic, um, but you do have to realize, uh, like, I, I even thought this team was going to start a lot better. I was very, very high on this team. Um, there's things that need desperately to be fixed um, right now. There's, they're very, they seem very just off. They seem slightly off with, with everything they do. It's, um, I do think Michigan State teams tend to take a while to feel comfortable in their fast break offense that they like to run. Izzo loves to push the ball, and they has very um, specific sets that they run off of fast breaks, and it takes a lot to get uh, a lot of basketball in-game action to get used to um, those fast break sets because you're moving so fast, you don't have time to think about what position you're getting into. I think at the beginning of the year, there is a lot of that like still making it muscle memory. I think that's why Michigan State is always a better team later in the year because in that fast those fast break sets that Izzo loves to run and the sets they run off the fast break, it's it's muscle memory for these guys at that point because they've been running it all year. Um, so there's a lot of that that I think will that will naturally work itself out um, and it always does for Michigan State. The the thing that is very troubling is the shooting and the free throw uh, percentage is not typically something that just works itself out. It can absolutely get better, um, but that's something that doesn't work itself out. That's something that you have to very intentionally focus on getting better at um, and, and figuring out because, I mean, the free throw shooting, 58% from the line last night, and they haven't really been much better in games before that. Um, those things, they just have to fix. They, you, have to, you, can't, you won't go deep in a tournament if you're not able to close out games. You won't win the Big Ten if you're not able to close out games with your free throws when you're up by four points with a minute left. That's just not going to work. Um, and then there's going to be times that you're down a lot of points with not a lot of time left. You need to be able to hit some threes. You need to be able to cut that lead fast. And so those are the main things I think Michigan State really needs to just hone in on, find a way to just get their team just better at shooting the basketball um, because I think the rest of it will just fall into place so like it naturally does for Michigan State. Yeah, and really quickly want to touch on this before before we go. I think those are great points, Cole. Uh what, what really hurts and makes them look lethargic because they do is when you miss shots, I mean, you played basketball, like, it sucks. Like, when when you're getting wide-open threes and you're just missing them, like, that just – that affects everything. It affects your defense. That's the one thing I was proud of this team last year – or last night. Their defense did not really falter, um, which is a staple of Michigan State is playing good defense. So that's good that when you're missing shots, it didn't falter. And – Joey Hauser was one of the most hated Michigan State players because he he just wasn't and he transferred from Marquette people thought he was going to be an 18 19 a game score they're missing Joey Hauser they're missing a stretch for uh, Malik Hall is does things better than Joey Hauser does but Joey Hauser is a outstanding three-point shooter and they're really missing that right now um I, I get a little frustrated in games like last night when I think the physicality was 50-50 um, and both teams were battling the same and Duke gets 30 free throws and Michigan State gets 12. I mean, when you're losing games, that's a huge difference. Now, I'm not saying that's why they lost the game in any way, but um, when you're when you're playing these games and they're physical, they're physical uh, you look at the Kentucky-Kansas game, I mean, they're about the same free throws shot, so... Yeah, if they get to the free throw, they got to make free throws, and they're not making them right now. And I really think you see a, a, a different Michigan State team Friday. They know that the fans are restless, and that Breslin will be rocking. It's their first real 
uh, team coming in there, I would say. Obviously, they lost James Madison at home, but um, Butler comes into town. I think you're going to see uh, the team get more inspired. And you look at their team's three best shooters, in my opinion. They were 6 of 13 from three, so it's it's trending up. That's just below 50%. Um, Jaden Akins is a guy that can shoot really well, and he started a little cold this year. So, yeah, they're going to put it together, but it's taken some time, but that that's just it's just going to be a great college basketball season. I mean, there are we didn't even talk about a lot of games, um, but we definitely want to talk next week or for our what it will be week twelve of college football our recap episode. We're going to give you guys some of the crazy crazy preseason tournaments, right, Cole? Yeah, I mean, you guys at this point are uh, absolutely know how I feel about uh, these uh, early season tournaments, these Thanksgiving time tournaments, and they're. They're so fun, uh, and I, I just cannot say enough about them. So I'm so excited. Um, it is literally going to feel amazing for me um, once we get, like, Saturday's going to be great, but once Saturday's over, knowing, like, all right, Thursday, we got Thanksgiving. We have, like, these all these basketball tournaments starting this week. I'm going home um, for Thanksgiving, so I'll be able to watch the Michigan-Ohio State game, at least in uh, my home state of Michigan. And it'll just it'll be great to have that crisp weather, watching those college basketball games, watching Michigan-Ohio State. Uh, who knows, might be able to find myself a last-minute ticket to that game. I've gone to the last, I think, four Michigan-Ohio State games when Michigan is hosting. I've been to one uh, in the shoe uh, at Ohio State. So, I'm still on the lookout for some uh, some well-priced tickets because right now they're quite high, and I tend to get lucky with these things, so we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm so excited uh, for uh, just next week for all the all the sports, basketball, the rivalry games of college football, starting even with Iowa and Nebraska on uh, Thanksgiving Day, uh, the Civil War in Oregon State versus Oregon on Friday, um, yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself right now, but I got to make it through this weekend. There's still a lot of good ball. Oregon State, Washington, um, a lot of there's a lot of good ball to be watched, basketball and football. And I, I'm just I'm loving this time of year. Yeah, it's the best time to be a uh, college sports fan. You get both of the elite sports, and they're trending towards the end uh, for college football and college basketball is just beginning. So this will wrap up our week eleven or week twelve preview episode and some deep dive into some of our huge college basketball games we had this past week. And we will see you next week. Uh, the schedule will be a little different next week with the holiday, but we will make sure everybody is fully aware of that. And we'll see you next week on A Degree in Sports.